Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. I am your host, Dr. Tana M. Session, and I am pleased and excited for my next guest. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I would love to introduce you to Veronica Karen. I'm going to have her tell you about her business, what types of clients she serves, what got her into this business, and then we're going to dig in deep. So, Veronica, take it away. Please introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, Tana. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here, mainly because I think that you're just so cool. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, Yeah, I'm Veronica. I am a former U.S. resident. I now live in Berlin, Germany. Um, And I... I'm a serial entrepreneur. I sold my tech company some years ago, though, because I wanted to teach other small business owners what I had learned, which was how to develop the 10-hour work week. So I work with uh, small business owners. Sometimes they're newpreneurs. Sometimes they are going through the founder to CEO transition, which can be really hard. And I use my three pillars of business scaling to help them open up more time, reduce their time exposure of the company, but also make the company exponentially growable, which I think is something we all want. We want to work less, but earn more. It's totally doable. <laughs> yeah. I need to learn more about that. That 10 hour work week sounds good to me, <laughs> especially because I'm actually starting law school in August. So I'm trying to figure out how am I going to do that, run my business, you know, be a CEO, entrepreneur and all of those good things. And then also be a student. Uh, It's going to be interesting. I'll keep you posted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it though. I'm so excited. And that's so typical of us entrepreneurs, right? Like once you get that taste of, if I think it, I can make it a reality, then oh, the dominoes that fall. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. My team and I are already thinking strategically how we can condense my week to it's already Monday through Thursday because we all, we're off every Friday yes. and they're like, yes, you probably need to take off Thursdays and we'll just have client meetings Monday through Wednesday. I'm like, that sounds good to me. I'm probably going to yeah. need that. <laughs> yeah. That's actually what I've been doing this year. And it's been really nice because it's really? allowed me to finish my book, to commit more time on starting up some more passive income streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to have the time to work on the business, yes. not just serve our clients, even though we, we love our clients and customers so much. Of course, that's why we're in business in the first place. Absolutely. And one of the things I was really intrigued about with you was the fact that you were a woman in tech who had a business and sold that business. Tell us about that journey because we already know that women are underrepresented. And when you think about people or women of color, the numbers get even smaller, but you were successful Mm -hmm. in actually creating a business in tech and selling it. Like that is a game changer. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it was a journey. So, um, you know, if we rewind over a decade ago, (laughs) um, and so first of all, it technically wasn't my first business. I had a nonprofit organization just before that business. And so, um, that in some ways I chose the hardest path having a nonprofit as your first business experience is a challenge. Um, but in other ways, um, because it was a nonprofit, unfortunately, we don't think of nonprofits as businesses, which handicaps a lot of nonprofit organizations. But the lessons that I learned in the nonprofit, I didn't, I took those with me, but I didn't um, see them as somehow not applicable to business. Somehow they were, that separation helped me. So when I started my tech company, it was because I was being laid off from a tech company. I saw the wow. writing on the wall. I knew what was going to happen. And I was just, really not ready to keep letting 
old white men owning Mm -hmm. my time, owning my livelihood and being able to simply um, suddenly uh, lose all of my income Mm -hmm. simply because of a merger. Like that to me is like, I don't believe in that. So um, I started the tech company. I was um, in a small conservative city. And so I was certainly the only woman in tech that I knew when I was starting that company. Um, and I was my first friend, I was only 24. So it was definitely my oh first my friend to even Younger start a business. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone thought I was totally nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was a queer woman in tech, which like it over a decade ago, in, I, yeah. And like the, the, the conversations we're having today because of um, social media and because of TikTok, like they weren't happening then. So right. I, I suffered for the first couple of years because I didn't, I didn't know how to, again, reduce my time exposure. I didn't know how to streamline my systems. I didn't know how to build um, the structures that were so important in a business. I just knew how to go project to project, which is basically paycheck to paycheck. So I I was just suffering and my time exposure was increasing and increasing, but my, uh, my income wasn't. And that's, that's, a big red flag to me. If I hear somebody saying I'm working 70 hours a week, but I'm barely making ends meet, something is so broken in the business. Um, so luckily, you know, dark night of the soul, totally burnt out, couldn't get out of bed for a week, trying to decide three years in, am I throwing away my identity, my freedom, going to work for the man again, or am I going to try to figure this out? Just like basically like find crumbs on the floor of just a little bit more of gumption to just like try to do this one, one more push. And I had a mentor at the time, sort of like an ad hoc mentor. Like he would just kind of, if I said, Hey, can we have coffee and chat? Like he'd be willing to do it, you know, but like he wasn't, um, an official advisor. And I described to him rather embarrassedly what was happening, um, because there's ego there. Yep especially when you're one of the only women in tech at the time and certainly the only queer woman in tech in your city. Like there's so much ego and humility to be able to say, I'm struggling. Something's wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And um, that must've been freeing at the same time. Oh, there was just very, you know, you go into, you go inside of yourself and like, you're like hiding while you're (laughs) saying the words you're like, um, I need help. And I don't really know. Thank God. He's just a wonderful guy. Um, we're still in touch and he, he never ever judged. And so he said, you need to scale. And I said, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) And here's the problem. Um, and this is where I get really fired up for small businesses. This is like my soapbox. When we talk about scaling, we talk about scaling within two contexts. We talk about it for startups who just got a million dollar investment. And we talk about it for Forbes 500 companies. We don't talk about it for small businesses. And so, sure, I'd heard the word before, but I didn't know it was for me. Uh I had subscribed to another part of startup culture, which is hustle culture, Uh which is supposed to be a sprint until you get the funding. But we take that into small businesses and then you're sprinting for a decade. No wonder you're burnt out. That's right. (laughs) So. You're preaching to the choir. (laughs) Um. I'm very mad about that. I think it's uh, the loss of potential. And I really believe that business is freedom. 
especially for disenfranchised groups. Like when you own your dollars, when you can say no to bigots, when you can move to a different state or a different country that is safer for you mm-hmm. and nobody, nobody can fire you for who you are. That's ultimate freedom. It is. But then if we have people burning out, burning out of the ability to be that free, burning out of good ideas that could possibly change the world, right? Like that, this is where I just like, I start getting really angry. Mm-hmm. So that's my, that's, that's what I'm all about. That's why I'm so passionate about scaling small businesses. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and can you share what type of tech company was it? What were you, um, like, yeah. what was your focus? Yeah. So we were working, actually, we we're serving fellow small businesses to get them to the top of Google. So we were oh. doing SEO, uh, website developments, content marketing, social media marketing. Um, we were starting to get into app development just wow. like right when I sold it, I was like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I've done enough to change the world. I'll change it from another that way. way. <laughs> that that way, I was mm-hmm. I was like, I'm. I've enjoyed my time in tech, and it still serves me today. People say like, Oh, Veronica, your website's so beautiful. And I'm like, Well, I cheated and had a website development company for five and a half years, so <laughs> kind of know how to do that. <laughs> nah, that's yeah, that's great. So how do people find you? Like, what are, what are your ideal clients? How do people find out about you, your services and mostly word of mouth? What's, what's your business development, you know, secret sauce? Yeah, right now it really is word of mouth. And I think that's because a lot of small business owners are like I was where they're scared and they're, they're scared about what's happening in their business when they're that stressed out. But they're also scared of admitting that they don't necessarily know what they're doing, especially like again, women and minorities in business, like we have to work so much harder to find the toolkits and to build everything up. We don't have, I don't know. Like I, I talked to guys in startups. Berlin is the startup capital of Europe. So it's basically Silicon Valley, but, um, with a lot more techno. Uh, and so I talked to my peers and, the way white men talk about getting capital investment, I have to constantly remind myself that I haven't somehow like missed some subscript of like how to do things that this is literally, that's the 2% of women getting funding, like of all, you know, that's, they, they're just like, oh yeah, you just like, I had an idea and I wanted to test it. And so I went and pitched some VCs and I got, I got, $500,000 $500,000 to try it out for three years. I'm like, You're like what, how did you do that? That's well, right. okay. Like it's, it's those connections and those circles and whatever else we have to work so hard as women yeah. to, to get those financial opportunities to prove our worth, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so to, I think to admit how much help you really need um, there's so much pride that goes into having started the business at all, especially when it's so unusual for, for our communities. Right. Um, so definitely my work is word of mouth for the most part. Like I certainly get people coming onto my site. They download my free scaling roadmap guide. They'll subscribe to my blog, um, on social media. I definitely get some solid shares and likes and things, but typically the conversions come from somebody who referred, who, I think like there was a vulnerable moment with a friend and then they felt like, okay, 
this was somebody who was referred to me thus they must be safe it's okay to hire this coach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that coaching relationship is a, a very intimate one so yeah yeah it is great to have someone that's a referral when people come to me it's the same thing because I do executive mm-hmm. coaching and use it mm-hmm. because someone referred and they're like you know we saw or I saw what the results were with you know Veronica and she spoke right. very highly of you and they know they have to be vulnerable and let the ego go and you know yeah. have someone hold a mirror up to them you know those types of things I can imagine yeah. with business owners the same thing right and I know I taught when you and I first met I was like I'm going to be talking to you really soon on a personal level because <laughs> I'm thinking about this like I'm already thinking like yeah. what do I want my business to look like especially again thinking about going to law school how I want to integrate mm-hmm. that into my business because my focus will be civil rights law and and I'm thinking like okay what does it need to look like for me in three years when I'm done with law school? Right. Like, you know, what, what do I do with this other side of my business that I still want and, and have a passion for, but probably won't be yeah. as much focus on. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, it just makes sense. You get to a point in your, in your career as an entrepreneur where you do have to think about scaling and you can't be mm-hmm. the only person doing what you're doing or else you're an employee. Right. So. <laughs> right. And for people like us, so consultants and coaches, um, it can be quite challenging to scale because so much of the secret sauce resides within our personalities and with our, within our experiences. So like we talk about the unfair advantage in business, right? Mm -hmm. Your unfair advantage is something, you know, something you've experienced, right? Like that it's, you can't just like go to school or take a course and learn it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then how do you distill that and translate that to a team to take over for you. And it becomes a lot harder. So that's, I have a client who is going from founder to CEO and he's got a team of 15, but he really struggles with that distilling because he's really smart and he's seen a lot. So how do you, how do you translate that? It's totally possible, but it's, I think, especially challenging for coaches and consultants. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, the clients are buying you, right? That's who they're investing in. That's who they want to work with. And it's like, I've had people say all the time, like, am I going to be working directly with you? Or are you going to pass me off to someone? I'm like, I hate that they even think it's passing them off. Yeah. Right. So yeah, right. it is a challenge. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be calling you soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so what took you to Berlin? Talk to me about that. Well, um, probably some of the things that have been happening recently. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we moved we moved in the depths of the pandemic. And um, the reason we moved at that time was because the pandemic actually helped us cut ties. It made it easier in some ways to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner and I were very clear that we wanted to leave the States though. Like the, there was no like final tipping point. It just like, we knew we wanted to leave. And then the right moment finally came sure. to make it happen. Um, and we we've talked a lot about that. We've struggled with the fact that, you know, we left people behind that we love. Um, obviously we still vote in the States. We still give money where, where we believe to organizations that are doing the good work. Right. Um, I never really was a protest protester, um, because I have, uh, PTSD. And so being in a big crowd gives me a level of anxiety that isn't serving anyone. So, um, you know, a body in that way hasn't been lost, um, so we're still active and supporting change in the States. Um, but from the perspective of our loved ones, at least for me, what I've reconciled is that there was no one to help me leave. Um, and I decided that I would be able to better fight the fight 
if I didn't feel like I was constantly threatened. Yeah. Um, and I would have left sooner if I could have, if I'd had someone to show me the way. And so now I get to be the person to show the way. Um, so I just published a very long blog post with all 33 countries that currently offer digital nomad visas, which ones include family members, which ones can ultimately lead to permanent residency in a new country. Um, because I know that there's a whole lot of people who are really thinking I need to leave and I need to leave now. Um, but if not, then I get to be the person who says, okay, like let's build your runway. Cause it took me a while. Mm -hmm. It definitely took me a while to get ready. I had to build an, uh, a location independent business. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we chose Berlin because it's probably the freest city in the world. Like really you, wow. You get to do you whatever you want, (laughs) whatever that means is whatever you want is here. So if you're in super into art, it's here. If you're super into history, it's here in spades, not just from museums, but also from, you know, the political history of the, Mm -hmm. of the world. If you want music, techno, if you like demonstrating and protesting, there's one every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the public transportation is amazing. Um, the people of color, natives, um, LGBTQ issues, like it's so free here. In fact, my friend was just telling me how she saw a woman wearing like a fully transparent dress walking down the street the other day. And she was just like, that's so Berlin. Just like literally you get to be who you are. Totally see-through. It was like fishnet all the way down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so it just, um, we, we really chose it because it was good for our businesses from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, and my partner's in tech, but it's also, um, it's so free and so safe. And I can't tell you, I can't tell you what it's like to hear a loud crash and not think, was that a gun? Wow. Yeah. It's like, it, 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 and that's just like one of the things, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're very happy here. You know, when uh, when the Roe v. Wade ruling came out a few weeks ago, I read in one of my newsletters that the Google search for how do I move out of the country, out of the United States, increased by 400, over 400 percent of people that mm-hmm. were really thinking. So you might be onto something with listing that in your blog of places that are nomad friendly and visa friendly, yeah. you know. My husband and yep. I had spent time, we spent a month in Africa last year and we're going back yeah. for two months this year. And one of the things we're going to do is look at properties in Nairobi because we're thinking the same thing, like long-term, is this a safe place for us to live? And to Mm -hmm. your point, thinking about leaving family behind, we're like, well, if nothing else, at least, you know, you have a place to come to when you're ready. Like you may not be ready when we are, and that's okay. And that's, you know, our sons, you know, my mother-in-law, like all those people that we're thinking about. Yeah. It's a hard decision, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I certainly would have felt even safer moving had I had people here to like open their arms, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the city did that, but certainly knowing that there's someone like, can I come stay with you for a month and Mm -hmm. see what it's like? Right. Like I had only been to Berlin for two days. My partner never set foot on mainland Europe. (laughs) They they totally trusted you. (laughs) It was completely, no, it was completely instinctual on both our parts. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was totally correct. Just like, like you've, you've, 
been to Kenya and you felt like I, we, when we first met, we talked about like that internal GPS, like there's like this honing beacon and wherever it is for you in the world, Mm -hmm. like it doesn't even have to be ancestral. Sometimes you just like end up in a place and you're like, this is it. This is it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You drink the water. And you're like, I'm here. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever make me leave. Don't make me leave. Right. <laughs> so letting people come and just like try it and see mm-hmm. maybe if it fits or doesn't. Like, yeah. I think that's a huge service, really. Mm-hmm. I do too. So yeah. tell people. I know you said you have a free tool on your website. Tell people a little bit about that tool. I know we had talked about it before too. Yeah. Um, so it's called the Scaling Roadmap. Um, I think that, again, there's a lot of myths about (laughs) scaling and what it's supposed to be. Um, Number one is it's going to cost a lot of money. Number two is I have to hire right away. Um, And those are completely false. And so um, I have taken the scaling toolkit and I've turned it into a very digestible set of steps that do not have to be executed in order, um, but work best in order. So if I have a client come to me, which I, I had one, she said, I have six employees and I don't know what any of them are doing. <laughs> She'd missed a few steps. <laughs> okay. No worries. Let's backtrack. So you can always do them in tandem. Sometimes you have to go back and forth. No problem. Um, but the guide is really designed to easily diagnose where you are along those steps and what your business most needs right now. So it's just a quick quiz that you take. Um, and I've, this is all self-designed by myself. I didn't, you know, like grab something off of Buzzfeed. (laughs) Like, I don't even know. I think of quizzes and I'm like, what's your favorite color? Would you wear the red tennis shoes or boots today? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So like, I really geared this, like, as pointedly as possible to the typical small business owner who may be a couple years into business, who's feeling that burnout, who isn't sure what to do next. Um, and the whole point of the guide is to diagnose exactly where you are right now and then give you action. Because I, I just, again, I, I hate to think of people in burnout and I hate to think that we're losing so many ideas and so many like really heartfelt. I'm sure like through your work, you've met so many incredible small business owners and Mm -hmm. every one of them has a huge heart and a beautiful empathetic vision for the world. And to lose that in the face of like Amazon and Exxon, right? Like we need these impact-driven entrepreneurs to succeed. Mm -hmm. We need them. So um, the guide is there to just get you on your way. And then if you need more, of course, I'm here. I'm always happy to help. That's great. And I think about the statistics of how many people filed for new business licenses here in the United yeah. States since 2020, right? So the big, uh, resi- the great resignation, the great reshuffle, whatever they're calling it these days. But a lot of those individuals left their jobs with the mindset of, mm-hmm. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I have this idea. I have this passion. I have this product. And, and I remember, I think it was even Biden that mentioned like how many people apply for business license or started a business. Wow. And, and I'm hoping that some of them are listening to this, to this podcast right. this episode, because I, I fear that to your point, they were passionate two years ago. It may not have been as easy as they thought it was. They may be facing some challenges now, especially with them yeah. predicting some sort of recession happening, um, you know, at some point in the next year or yeah. so. 
you know, do I go back to work? Do I stay in this business? I was there too. I've, I've gone through it a couple of times mentally and emotionally. Um, yep. So I think it's great to have that as a, a tool that they can, you know, self-service and try and figure out kind of where am I? And then once they have that assessment to say, okay, I need help. Like this, this is a clear indicator, indicator that I should get it now versus trying to plow through mm-hmm. it on my own and, you know, feed into that entrepreneurial ego. I got this. I know what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so the, the biggest, I think, disconnect for a lot of small business owners is that you're really good at what you know to do. So if you're a photographer, you're a great photographer. If you are creating um, soy candles in your home, right? Like you're really great at creating those products. If you are serving as a consultant or coach, really good at that. That doesn't mean that you have a business toolkit. Mm-hmm. The business stuff is separate from your acumen and your expertise. And I see a lot of people really struggle and get down on themselves when they can't make the business part work because they, they know that they're fairly talented. I have several friends who are amazingly talented and get so frustrated when their competitors are succeeding competitors, sometimes who aren't as talented. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately it's because your business toolkit isn't big enough and that's okay. I, we both just admitted that we've been through this, right? So um, it's okay if your business toolkit isn't very full, we can fill it, we can add to it and we can do so in a way that frees more of your time so that you can do the really amazing stuff that you're good at. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've had to learn to do that. So great valid point. Actually, I just recently onboarded a CFO because I was like, this is not my expertise. And right. I know I need to kind of get my ducks in a row. And, and as she said, it's time to play chess, uh, not Monopoly. Mm. I mean, not checkers. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> it's time to grow up as an entrepreneur. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love that analogy too. Yeah. And like, yeah, having superstar partners who help amplify the business, they don't always have to be an employee. They could be a strategic right. partner. They could be a collaborator. Or like it could be so many different mm. um models, but having that connection, it feels so good. And, and then, yeah, just watching the acceleration happen from that decision is, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. I know my team was excited. I was like, oh my gosh, are we scaling? I was like, I think that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> doing oh, it. Yeah. So I also want to congratulate you on being nominated or honor rather the Forbes next 1000. I noticed how we connected um, yeah, you know, we both received the, the recognition last year. So what has that been like for you over the last, gosh, I guess six months now? Um, has, yeah. How has it shown up in your business? Um, you know, how are people um, recognizing you for it or acknowledging you for it? Yeah. Um, so it's actually been like 14 or 15 months. I was in the first wave. Mm. Um, and Really, so I'm a I'm a big fan of connecting. Like that's why that's why we connected. I was like, we gotta get to know each other. Um, and so I have tasked my assistant to reach out to a whole lot of people as as the um, honorees keep being listed each yeah. quarter. Um, and I've met, yeah, really, really incredible people, honestly. And I think that's I think that's the most important thing. I see a lot of people who like um, receive an honor or, um, a designation or what have you. And 
they accept it and it's great, but then they don't know what to do next. And to me, the first thing to do is besides, you know, like put it on your website, like yeah. get a plaque, like you but like reach out to the other people because, um, for me, I know I I've reached out to a lot of people and they're like, Oh, I didn't even think to connect mm-hmm. like, Oh no, like <laughs> we we're, we're of the same ilk somehow, right? Like yeah. that, at least Forbes thinks so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I say that with my humility, not, um, right. and, and so like, let's, let's connect and see what all of this is about, because the more connections we have, then the more likely it is that we can, um, support each other and then all ships rise and it just gets better and better. Exactly. Um, I use the forum, there's a forum for, uh, for us as well. And I use that on occasion. I should use it more. <laughs> I'm at but, fault. I haven't used it at all. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that comes down to like time management again. Like mm-hmm. if, if you haven't used it at all, then are you losing out? No, like everything right. must be, you know, fine. But Hey, if like, if some of the people are active in there every day and they must find that it is somehow a positive channel for their company, mm-hmm. right? Like what it's the right fit and every company is different. So um, we get to use these resources in the way that fits us. Yeah, no, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Well, I want people to know how they can find you, Veronica. So please provide them with your website, contact information, social media handles, everything just laid on the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and like you said, my, my last name is, kind of tricky sometimes it's simply spelled but um so veronica kieran.com and if you think kieran like the japanese beer so if you've seen that it's spelled just the same um somehow it's also a croatian last name so i have no idea (laughs) what happened um so veronica kieran.com and right on the homepage is where that scaling roadmap is um so super easy to find and then pretty much almost every single social media platform i'm on i use v M as in Marie, my middle name, Kieran. Uh, so if you type in VM Kieran, or you just type in my name, Veronica Kieran, um, you'll find me because I'm like one of two Veronica Kirans on the planet. And the other one spells her name the traditional Croatian way with a K instead of a C in Veronica. So um, uh, do come on because I'm, I'm always... To, my theme this month on social media is finance. So um, I'm talking about financing the dream. I'm talking about scaling through finance. Um, and so if you think that'd be helpful for you, I, I appreciate the follow, but really I'm here to serve you. So um, I hope that anyone listening who thinks it's useful uh, can apply it to their businesses. Thank you so much. And by the way, we have the same middle name. <laughs> uh, of course. Marie, <laughs> yep. It was so common. <laughs> exactly Mm -hmm. all right well thank you so much veronica for being here for another episode of stop being the best kept secret everyone i am your host dr tana m session please like comment share this episode there's lots of juicy content here and we need to share and spread the word so thank you everyone and look forward to seeing you back here for the next episode thank you